Hey friends, welcome back to In His Footsteps Tread. This is a Come Follow Me podcast where we talk about the Doctrine and Covenants and the different lessons within the Come Follow Me manual for individuals and families put out by um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This week we are talking about Doctrine and Covenants 67 through 70. I'm your host, Megan Knutson. And I'm Angelina Pratt. And today we actually have a very cool guest. Thank you for joining us. This is Sister Richardson. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yes, thank you. Um, I am a mother of eight children and I live in the country. I enjoy my life. Um, (laughs) And I love the gospel. I love the Savior. I served a mission, which helped me a great deal. And I still consider that I'm... A missionary now. Yeah, living guess, the life. Yeah, our every action is our example, is our testimony. Yeah, well, um, that's what we strive for, so, you know, good for you. For... But, yeah, I am, and great husband, too, who helps me a lot, but <laughs> I, I'm just kind of average. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, whatever. So. <laughs> yeah, and Sister Richardson is our stake young women's second counselor? Yes. Okay, yeah, um, so we're, we're happy to have her from the stake here, so thank you so much for coming. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I think you can add a lot of insight to what we're talking about today. We Today we're talking about Doctrine and Covenants, uh, section 67 through 70. The heading in this chapter is worth the riches of the whole earth. And so I want you guys to kind of remember that as we talk about all these things, about how the doctrines and principles and examples that we're given in the scriptures, specifically right now in the Doctrine and Covenants, our knowledge is worth all the riches of the earth. And I guess what we sacrifice, what riches do we have in our own life that we can sacrifice, whether it's time, um, whether it's physical items or money or whatever, to get the word of God and to read it and then to live it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a blessing that is for us. So just remember that as we go along. Yeah. So kind of what's happening with the saints here. Let's let's figure out what, what they're up to. Yeah. Um, Joseph Smith had received many revelations from the year 1828 to 1831. Many of the saints didn't have access to those because they were just handwritten, mm-hmm. um, few and far between, kind of. Yeah, we're we're so blessed now to have physical printed copies mm-hmm. all over the world in so many languages. Absolutely. But that was very much not the case yes. with the, say, ob- the early saints. Obviously, the revelations were just barely coming out. Mm-hmm. And so if they were printed, Usually. it would be expensive and, mm-hmm. and things. So there weren't many copies. Yeah. So Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all good. And so... Joseph felt inspired to have some of the church leaders discuss what they should do, basically. And so these brethren, they had a meeting, and they knew that the Lord wanted them to publish these revelations. But some of them didn't agree with that, because Joseph was not a scholar in any way. He mm-hmm. didn't have the best grammar. And so they were kind of afraid to publish them, you know, make them public. Yeah, afraid of the, the blowback or the ridicule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Ezra Booth, a week or two before this meeting, he had published in the local newspaper lies about the the prophet Joseph, saying that, you know, he was giving false revelations and 
just saying things that were not true. And so this was a time that the saints really needed those revelations so that they could hold them in their hands and see them for themselves and know the truth for themselves. Yeah. And so the Lord in this discussion that the brethren were having, he gave a revelation to Joseph and basically said, if you don't think that Joseph can give these revelations, like, I want you to try it. Like, if you don't think these are from me, try it out. One of you, smartest in the room, try to write a revelation, basically. And so they did. I think it was um, William McClellan. He, you know, felt pretty good about his writing abilities Mm -hmm. and things. And so he tried to write a revelation. But once it was finished, everyone read it and they knew that that was not from the Lord. And it couldn't compare because the word, the Lord reveals his will, I guess, to, for the church, to his prophets Mm -hmm. and only to his prophet that's on the earth. We can all receive personal revelation, but they knew that it was Joseph's responsibility. And so that was a testimony to each of the brethren that, yes, Joseph Smith did receive revelations from, from the Lord and that they needed to be published. Yeah, I... After hearing that they criticized, you know, section one that he had received, I was surprised. I went back and read section one, and it's so powerful. I am not sure why they would say that. And it says um, in 37, search these commandments, for they are true and faithful, and the prophecies and promises which are in them shall all be fulfilled. And he says clearly there, what I, the Lord, have spoken, I have spoken. I excuse not myself. Though the heavens and the earth shall pass away, my word shall not pass away, but shall all be fulfilled, whether by my own voice or by the voice of my servants, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and think about right now, and we've kind of mentioned this, just touched on it in, in previous podcasts, but we, we've talked about how important it is for us to receive revelation today, where there's so many, so many views, so many questions, you know, it's so confusing to hear mm-hmm. all these voices. Think about at the saints, these early saints at their time, they didn't have the full restored gospel yet. That's what they were getting. So hearing all of these other things that have been the precedent in their lives, in their families' lives, and so how much more important almost was it to have these exact revelations mm-hmm. yeah. to to actually put them on the path, whereas we kind of have them to keep us on the path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some of them were making huge lifestyle changes, you mm-hmm. know, that were completely what they weren't used to. So, I really love this section and this whole background because to me it shows that God can do great things from the weakest of us. Like He can work with us whether or not we have huge talents or abilities. And I think sometimes. Yeah. When we don't have a lot of things that we think are great, you know, talents or whatever, sometimes that's better because it humbles us and <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. more malleable to the Lord. But I just think that's so cool that even children, you know, Mary was a teenager when she had Jesus and Joseph Smith, when he received the first vision, he was only 14 mm-hmm. because they were humble and they were weak. And so they relied on him more. And I think yeah. that's such an example to us. Yeah, well, and even in the the heading, and this is from the Testimony of the Twelve Apostles, and it's found, you can find it in the beginning, the very opening of the Book of Mormon. They said, although many of the revelations in the Doctrine and Covenants were addressed to specific people in specific circumstances, they are profitable for all. And I think that plays right into what you were saying in that, yeah, some people have more prevalent talents or whatever, and those are absolutely helpful, but it takes all kinds to build a community, to build the kingdom of God, and whether it's being humble humble enough to say, 
well, that's not my talent. I need to find something else that I actually am good at and can contribute. Or to say, well, I need to learn how to do that <laughs> and I'm weak at it, so now I need to get better at it. <laughs> you know, that's one of the huge blessings of the scriptures is it's very relatable to everyone. Yeah. And so no matter where we're at or whatever skills or, or paths we're trying to develop or further, you know, we can find the information and revelation that we're searching for. And that's where the saints were at is they were looking for that revelation. Very important for them. Yeah, I, I think that Paul's description of the church being like the body of Christ yeah. is so relatable yeah. because everyone is a different part. Mm -hmm. The eyes, the ears, the nose, the mouth, you know, the feet, the hands. The heart. Yes, yeah. There's, yeah. So everybody has a different purpose and we can't compare ourselves to other mm -hmm. people and other people's talents or gifts because if everyone were the eyes, then where were the hearing? Or yes, you or... couldn't move because <laughs> right. if, if we're all the eyes, then <laughs> yes. you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's good to have people that can see, but we also need people that can hear. We mm -hmm. need people that can move the work along. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Well, and with that, uh, again, we all have very different purposes, but then we all have to work together to get anywhere. Good so point. we can be really good at what you know we're good at. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if we don't work with the other people, then we, again, if you're really good at being the eyes, you can see maybe super far into the distance. But if you don't let the legs and the feet take you somewhere, then you're only going to see the same thing your whole life. So a verse in section 67 that relates to that, I think, is in verse 10, where he says, I give unto you that have been ordained unto this ministry, that inasmuch as you strip yourselves from jealousies and fears and humble yourselves before me, for you are not sufficiently humble, the veil shall be rent and you shall see me and know that I am, not with the carnal, neither the natural mind, but with the spiritual for no man has seen God at any time in the flesh except quickened by the Spirit of God. Neither can any natural man abide the presence of God, neither after the carnal mind. And so those things, well, and he says, wherefore, continue in patience until you are perfected. And let not your minds tremble. That mm -hmm. um, those things, we can't be jealous of each other. We've got to strip ourselves of that, you know, mm -hmm. of somebody that, can see or somebody that can hear you know what yeah I'm yeah and not be afraid of doing what the lord wants us to do what he's given us to do mm -hmm. and to humble ourselves because that's when he can work with us yeah yeah before we were talking about where it says strip yourselves from jealousies and fears and i think the commandment be not afraid or don't fear is kind of a hard one to live because For sure nobody wants to live in fear but it's just kind of there yeah and then sister richardson brought up a super great point what did you say about that well with fear because i've been thinking about it lately mm -hmm. is that scripture that says perfect love casts without all fear mm -hmm. and so i think that's the way we get past our fears is to just feel love because then you won't be afraid mm -hmm. nothing else will matter but the well-being of other people or yourself or what the lord wants to happen it, yeah. nothing else matters because you love the lord you love others well, and you think about, even in your own life, how many times do you feel fear? You know, whether you're at work or whether you're talking with other people at church or whether you're um, at the grocery store, you know, how many times do we feel fear? 
fear of talking to someone, fear of helping someone who, you know, dropped something, fear of the little things and the big things. How many times do we hesitate? So I agree, if we focus not inward on how is this going to affect, how how is my, am I going to mess up or am I going to regret doing that? If we stop looking inward and we look outward, like you were saying, Sister Richardson, if we look toward how it's going to help people, how, even if it's how we're, we are going to grow closer to God, mm-hmm. you know, looking outside of ourselves really has the potential to cast out all fear exactly yeah Yeah. i liked your thought about let not your minds turn back to yeah in so that's um uh sorry doctrine and covenant 67 verse 14 says let not your minds turn back and i thought you had some pretty good thoughts about that yeah it just reminded me of lot's wife they were leaving sodom and gomorrah i think it was and the lord gave them a commandment to not turn back to just leave Mm-hmm. And Lot's wife, she didn't keep that commandment. And I'm sure, you know, she had family and she had friends and loved ones and things that she left behind in that city. And so she turned back, looked back at the city, and then she turned into a pillar of salt. And now, I don't know if we'll turn into a pillar of salt because we look <laughs> back. I don't think that's what the scripture is saying. But it just reminded me, I like how it said, let not your minds turn back. Our minds are so powerful and what we think about, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And what we do is what we become. And so if we're thinking about the past or if we're thinking about, I just made this mistake again, just like I have a million times and I just can't break it. If we're, if we're letting our minds turn back, we're slowing our progress down. But the Savior invites us to look at him, to look forward, to have hope. And when we let our minds turn that direction, then we can move forward. We can have hope. And that peace that the Savior offers because the world doesn't offer that. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and we think about repentance, right? Because we, we do. We mess up daily. We mess up a million times. And it's easy to dwell on that. I have a testimony of how hard it is uh, to, to let go of those, even the little things. But I also have a testimony of how important and how effective repentance is. And how, you know, in section 68, verse 24, it says, and if he shall repent, he shall be forgiven. And I can't tell you how many times in the scriptures, even how how many times, you know, since we started the podcast that we've talked about repentance and how forgiving God is. He has high standards. <laughs> you know, he, he's he's a perfect being, but he doesn't expect more from us than we're able to give. I, I just loved what you said about by turning back, we slow or even halt our progress. And the whole point of this life is to change how I just how true that is. So it's it's just so important to repent and be forgiven, but also to forgive yourself so you can move forward. So you can grow to other, love other people and be able to give back, you know, and be able to serve with God's will. So when... One thing that goes along with that, right afterwards, it talks about the parents have a responsibility to teach their children about repentance, about faith in Jesus Christ, about baptism and the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands when eight years old. Otherwise, the sin is upon the heads of the parents. And that's a pretty, you know, strong command there in charge for parents. Um, But I was thinking about it 
If children don't know how to find happiness, they're going to be lost in the world. And if they don't know how to find the peace in Christ. So I was thinking of that scripture by Isaiah, who said, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great mm. shall be the peace of thy children. Yeah. And that will happen in the millennium. But, I mean, it can happen now if yeah. we teach our children. Mm -hmm. Then they'll have peace. It won't be a world of turmoil and hard, awful things. It will be, they'll have peace because yeah. they're taught about the Lord. And so I think it's super important to teach them. It says in 28, they shall also teach their children to pray and to walk uprightly before the Lord. Um, because that's your connection, your lifeline, you know. Yeah. To have prayer and help from the Lord. So, uh, go ahead. No, go I ahead. was just going to ask. So you're a mother of eight. Yeah. And and I know most of our listeners, at least right now, are this young single adults. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it will be it will be fairly prevalent. You know, probably sooner rather than later. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> you know. Um. But then I'm sure there are other listeners who do have kids right now. So. I guess if you're willing, let me ask, when raising kids, I guess what stands out the most for you? What's the most important thing for you to make sure your kids know? About the Lord? Like, uh, about... Maybe in general. Oh, oh you're saying about... what general thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I think it's important for them to know how to pray, to know the Lord loves them. Well, I was going to say love. I was going to say charity. <laughs> That's the most important thing. But uh, I think I think it's really important to know that God loves them, but also to love our children. Because sometimes they can wear on our patience. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I know I was that way for my mom, I'm sure. But uh, I was never that way. <laughs> well, good for you. You were like the angel. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. But... Um, Anyway, I think it's super important for parents to teach that the Lord loves them. And you kind of learn that through prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, that connection with God. Yeah, your own relationship yeah. with Him. You get to know how and, caring He is. Yeah. And um, also to, to show love. Well, it reminds me of my sister. She told me that when she went on her mission, she realized she realized that the Lord really cared about her. And I was like, how could you not know that before? <laughs> you know, I was so surprised. And because we grew up in the same home, and I had known it, you know, because of prayer my whole life. And, you know, since, I mean, I remember prayers being answered clear back when mm -hmm. I was five. Oh, wow. And um, my sister didn't know that, but she realized that the Lord really does care about her individual day-to-day -day things. And mm -hmm. I think that's really important to know. Yeah, what's to, important to us actually is important to is. God. And he, he's willing to do it. I mean, he says, mm -hmm. ask and you shall receive. Yeah. You yeah. know, he promises that. So I just think it's really touching. Yes. I wanted to ask one more question. And and I we, we talked a little bit about the fear and the hesitation that we feel. And in this chapter, uh, they specifically ask a question, and it says, what would you say to a parent who doesn't feel qualified to teach these things to his or her, her children? Well, I think we teach mostly by example anyway. Mm -hmm. And so if we're, you know, showing faith in Jesus Christ and talking about him a lot and 
you know, studying our own scriptures, our kids will want to study their scriptures, mm -hmm. and if we do it with them, or praying, or repenting if we say, I'm sorry, to them, they're yeah. more likely to, you know, be repentant. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and letting them see that. Um, I think I took a finance class at school this past semester, and it was like, you know, one way you can teach your children is, is by example, but do it where they can see it. So if you're b balancing a budget, do it on the kitchen table instead of in your room so that your kids can see that right there. That's something I love about my mom is when she studies her scriptures, she does it at the kitchen table, and I can see that. I can see your scriptures open in her Come Follow Me manual, and it just, like, reaffirms to me that she's doing the spiritual work necessary to build her relationship with the Savior, and it's it's... It grows my faith every time. And the same with my dad. He'll get up. He's a morning person. He'll get up so early and just be praying, you know, by the couch in the morning. And I know that he has a relationship with God. Just like you were saying, he knows that he is his loving father in heaven. So, yeah, I think, you know, don't be afraid to, to show your kids through your example and just let them let them see it. Yeah. Well, so then I guess our kind of our advice for that is... Well, we just, we just talked about change and we talked, I think it was last week about starting today. Mm -hmm. And so whatever it is, you know, whether it's, oh, well, I don't think I can help a friend. I don't think I can help them with that. I'm not doing good with that. Or whether it is your kids, if you don't feel qualified, start today to be that person that you can teach by example. And I remember when I, w I was little, uh, my parents telling me, if you don't have a testimony of it now, if you don't understand and you can't share it with others because you don't have it for yourself yet, lean on mine. And for someone who was weak and who didn't understand, and it, it was such a blessing to have someone. So reach out to someone who you know is good at that. Your bishop. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think it's next week. We're going to talk a little more about our bishops and their kind of our their stewardship um, over their ward. Uh, but that actually leads to another question that I was going to ask you, Sister Richardson, is being a steward, not just over children, but you're in the stake Relief Society presidency. Or young women, yeah. Or young women. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the young, yeah. young women president. Oh my gosh, I can't know. <laughs> Um, anyway, so this section talks a lot about, or this chapter, this chapter talks a lot about receiving the Lord's will and whether by being a parent or being a steward, you know, in some form, helping to guide others to God um, and, and helping teach them. So how, I don't know, how do you go about that? You, you know, you don't see all of the young women, you don't know or whether it's young women or your children, you don't see them all the time. You don't know all of the things they're doing. So how do you how do you seek inspiration to help all of them or help them in all of their needs? So I think the basics are really important. By small and simple things, great things are brought mm -hmm. to pass. Small means we can found the lives. Yeah, yeah. So to receive revelation, we've got to be doing the basics, you know, but also, I think it's important with your own children to, to be really consistent in having scripture study, family scripture study with them, and family prayers, and family home evening. You know what I'm saying? Just mm -hmm. going to church every week. And it's just consistent things that we do. And if they have a question, you can address it. But 
Yeah, as I guess if somebody asks a question, you can say a quick prayer. Yeah. Um, and as for all the young women in the state, I think prayer, praying for them is really powerful and also fasting. So for the conferences, we... Uh, the youth conferences. Yeah, the youth conferences that we just had a couple weeks ago, there was a lot up in the air for a long time because we didn't have a location. And oh, wow. It was like we had a lot to do at the last minute, oh, you know, man, yeah. <clears throat> to, to put it together. But the Lord came through, and we had fasted, all of the youth committee and our presidency and, you know, the stake leaders, the young men presidency, stake young men presidency, they had all fasted on fasting that the conferences would go well, that the spirit would be there, that people's faith would grow in Jesus Christ. And I think it was an absolute miracle how everything came together. I don't think it could have gone any better than oh, it did. Wow. I That's really awesome. do not. I was amazed at how well everything came together, that the Lord, he made us strong in our weakness, you know, and as we turned to him, he, like he prompted me personally, sometimes minute by minute, somebody to contact, what to do, somebody to ask to do this, somebody to ask to do that, mm -hmm. and everybody kind of worked that way. It wow. all came together so perfectly, and the youth, I really believe they all had a spiritual experience. So many shared their testimonies of the power of the Lord, how they wanted to turn to him now, how they, you know, some hadn't been going to church, or, and how they had all felt the Spirit, and it was really strong. The whole time, really. Wow. But especially in the testimony meeting. Oh, sure. Anyway, I just sat there and cried the whole time. Oh. <laughs> but it was really neat to me to see how the Lord inspires, and he doesn't let you down, because... We really needed this help, but so prayer and fasting really helped, and we can pray for, you know, all the people we have stewardship over mm -hmm. as a whole or individually, the ones we're worried about. Prayer is super powerful. Well, thank you. Sorry, that was a long answer. No, no, thank <laughs> so you. Good. That's well, and I think there are a lot of people who have maybe stewardship over their own families, have stewardship over people under their calling, maybe even stewardship over just their social circle oh yeah yeah and so um i think we all need to figure out what it is that we can do better to be the example that someone needs in that i wanted to um just kind of close with joshua and covenants uh 68 verse 10 it says and he that believeth shall be blessed and we want to leave our testimonies that whatever it is that you're seeking for, if you're seeking for the will of the Lord in your life or for those who you have stewardship over, through your active faith, you can receive those answers. And yeah. in that quest, God has given us so many lifelines almost <laughs> in family members, in spiritual leaders, in friends who lead by their own example. And that you can, in the Lord's timing and in, again, your active faith, you will find those answers. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And thank you for your patience um as i'm trying to take over uh we appreciate your again your patience and you're coming to join us as we follow in his footsteps see you guys next week